0: Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate
1: revenue. Thanks for listening.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited to talk to Shelly Kalesa about failing fast. Shelly, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All
0: right, Shelly, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are
1: well um it, it was definitely not always a straight path, but I have uh going on about thirty years of experience starting as a writer very early in my career and working up through uh, a corporation where I led marketing teams as um a director of marketing and then I actually spent about 12 years in the agency world so really learning in a lot of ways um, the sales side of the house along with marketing and realized that I'm not a salesperson, and I much prefer the marketing side of the house. So transitioned uh, about five years ago back into the corporate world, which has led me to my current role as uh, vice president of marketing strategy for Thomson Reuters.
0: Superb, and that's fantastic. And so let's dive into the concept today of failing fast. Tell us a little bit about failing fast and why you chose this topic.
1: Yeah, I really do think that failing fast comes a little bit from my entrepreneurial roots. Uh, sort of when we started the agency, one of the things that was really important to us is, and, and especially when you, um, you know, have a very limited budget and really need to make sure that you're making the most out of every dollar, uh, failing fast is really essential because you have to try things in order to achieve, but you have to know where you're headed. You have to know how to measure whether you're uh, making a progress or not towards that goal. And you have to just be real with yourself. And if you're not, you have to stop quickly and pivot. And so I think um, that concept uh, applies no matter what your background is, no matter whether you're in marketing or whether you're in another part of um, an organization, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're part of a big company. Um, It's a concept, even in our personal lives, right? That's really important um, because in failure, you that's where you find your biggest growth.
0: I couldn't agree more with you, but I always have to pause and think like, you know, I remember my parents used to tell me, actually, you should fail fast, right? But it's so hard to do. And it's because once you're infatuated with an idea, and you've created something, then letting go of that thing is really, really hard. So how should one think about failing fast? Like, what's the mental model?
1: Well, I think, you know, Mary Kay Ash said, people have to fail forward to succeed, And I think if you start out with that mindset, which is really hard for people, because quite honestly, in most corporations, failure is looked at negatively. And if you do something and you've spent a lot of money and a lot of time, people don't want to hear that it is not going well. And so I do think you just have to have this mindset to go, we're going to try some new things and we're going to get outside of our comfort zones, but we're going to be really clear on what it is that we're trying to achieve. And before we start, we're going to have some key metrics and key milestones that we can tell whether we're making progress in the right direction. And if we all agree that progress is going in the right direction then we're going to keep going and if we're not then we're all going to call it a day and say what did we learn from this so i do think a big part of failing forward is also being able to look at those times when something doesn't work and do that debrief to say okay what could we have done differently why didn't why didn't it work what Was it people? Was it process? Was it market not being ready? You know, what are those things? And then try and learn from them. That's where the wisdom comes, right? That's where the failing forward to success comes from, because now we know those things and we can get those off the table and move on with the wisdom we've gained to do better the next time.
0: Superb. And so I guess... I'm I'm looking for some maybe some some motivation to actually go do this right. You have to be a little brave to do this right.
1: You so, totally um, dare.
0: <laughs> so so how how do I do that right? Because because I'm thinking okay, sounds great. Like like and and in all the places in my career or my life that at least I filled fast. There was always always somebody that had the external view while I was in the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Until I developed that muscle about let's call it failing fast awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So 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 how do I muster the motivation to even go down this path?
1: Well, I think the first thing you do have to do, especially depending on where you sit in an organization, I I think it's different for different people. So like from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it's sort of you and probably a small group of people around you. So it's much easier to get that holistic buy-in that says failure is an option, like we're going to do this and we know that the outcome may not be what we want, but we're willing to try it. So in that environment, it's a little easier to have the confidence because you all just sort of physically lock arms. Well, maybe not today, but you lock arms and you sort of go into it together. But I think in a larger corporation, sometimes it can be super scary, especially if you've seen coworkers who have done it and have experienced negative uh, results. And so I think what I would recommend is that you speak to your manager, um, you, because some of this is cultural too. So you have to make sure that you've got some, um, someone going in battle with you. You, you really don't always want to be on your own, um, unless you have laid the groundwork that this is something that I'm going to try, I'd love to to have the support of you, my manager, and the larger collective, um, that this could be one of the outcomes. One of the outcomes could be that we do not reach success And, and get them to like buy into that concept with you. Because I think if they do, um, they would be surprised and maybe you can break down what it is that you're you're trying to move towards so that if you fail maybe the beginning failures aren't that big and don't have that much impact and it'll allow people to sort of gain that muscle to your point that willingness to try um, I think comes along with it but it, it definitely is a challenge there are some, uh, cultures that will tolerate it more than others. Um, and quite honestly, there are some things that are more critical, that if you fail, they do have more severe consequences. So definitely that is a reality. But I would say in the context in which we're speaking, it's marketing. Um, and it's not brain surgery. So, you know, there there are very few things that can that you cannot recover from.
0: I, I again totally agree with you on, on, on that too. But do you have an executive perspective on it? Because you know, maybe as a first time, second time, and maybe maybe second and a half time executive, you, you you want to make this bet without the outcome unknown. And so you have to fail fast and you have a hundred people in your organization who have to rally, but then there's a morale issue. Like how does how do you think about it from that level?
1: Well, I actually have a, a, a great example of this. Uh, the organization that I work in really does celebrate um, and, and really what it is is a bit of an agile mindset, right? Like everybody says agile now, but what does agile mean? It means that you're going to work in short sprints towards something to make progress. And sometimes in those short, you know, sprints, There are things that go badly, but you have failed fast and you iterate. So it's just this iterative process. Well, I think it's in in my organization today. One of the things that I am so pleased at is that we really do have a culture that is that is eager for people to try new things, to experiment and I believe that that's the sign of a really healthy organization. And not only do we do we say it, we we really put our money where our mouth is, and we have marketing awards that we instituted this year. And one of those awards is called the Dyson Award. Dyson meaning vacuum cleaner. And um, the many times that. It was iterated on and failed and finally became, you know, a hit that people have in their homes today. So um, we celebrate those kinds of failing fast and failing forward because that's how we learn. And so by doing that, we encourage people to take risks and we celebrate the risks and Just that in itself, whether it was achieved or not, we still learned from it. So, I do think that it's really important as a leader in an organization to build that type of culture because if you are looking to grow fast, the only way you're going to grow fast is through challenges along the way. And some of those challenges are very difficult, some can be easy, but you really have to uh, create that community that makes it okay.
0: Rapid experimentation, I always say. It's, it's about right. rapid experimentation, right? And, and, and you need to think about the, let's call it the engine that's making you money and the engine that's in, incubating new ideas, right? And it's a really that's good right. mental model that's at least worked for me over the years. And, uh, and, and context switching, I know it's hard, but I think that's where executives shine, right? Because you can pick a couple of different contexts and then and then just drive the change or drive the experiment, and uh, and you know, like sometimes there's crisis, but it, it brings people together. And as long as you have that
1: support environment created, I think everybody just wants to have fun. That's exactly right. Well, and and don't you want to work for an organization that you learn? Versus an organization that says, this is how we do it. Do not stray from our path. Like this is process step one, step two, step three. Nope, we don't do a step three A. (laughs) We go to four. Like who wants to work in that kind of environment, especially as a marketer. I think most marketers really thrive on the creativity and that experimentation. And that's what gets your blood pumping. And uh, to be restricted to a, a singular way of thinking could be uh, really confining, I think.
0: Agreed. I, I, agreed. I, I'd say when the learning stops, it's time to go. Or as I was listening to a, a YouTube video where Mike Clavel, who was formerly at Amazon, is now at Stripe, said, when the religion of the company starts changing, you just got to move. And I think he meant culture, because I think religion may be a strong word, but you could just see, like, how pastored those people are. And, you know, like... Executives need to thrive in environments like that too, right? Because we spend right. so much time on creating this massive and amazing environment for people, but we stop thinking about ourselves and you have to realize that you need that too to stay pumped every single day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Agree. I think the other thing that's really important about um, failing fast is uh, uh, oftentimes you tend to do those like, like in my world, i tend to do them in, um, in groups. So it could be a team that's working towards something or it could be an individual. Um, uh, But I think it's important to, we talked. I talked a little bit about debriefing and so that you sort of know and take note of, okay, we did that. That didn't work out very well we tweaked this, it did that, but it didn't really go where we wanted it to. But to really um, document that so that you can learn within your organization so that that learning doesn't stop with just that individual or with just that small team, but that you actually uh, created Not only did you do a verbal debrief, but maybe you even turn that into some kind of use case that you share with other people inside your organization uh, and potentially with outside your organization because other people can learn um, from those kinds of mistakes. So I do think it's really important to not just talk about it, but to somehow document it. Uh, so that you can make sure that others um, are aware of those and that you don't repeat the fast fails.
0: Very interesting idea. So what you're saying is, is, and this, this concept is actually used in Microsoft where they have a walking deck, which is just a bunch of slides that you keep and, about the <laughs> most interesting things, right? Yeah. And I and I took that concept from them like from way back in the day when I was working in that channel. And uh, my, my colleagues, Carl Noakes and Alyssa London actually pointed me to this concept, which I thought was fantastic because if there's an epiphanic moment or something that you learn, just create like three points and on a slide, right? And then you can always Pull slides up and just walk people through but what you're saying sounds even more interesting because today we or at least when we could all hang out and meet yeah, with right. each other you know we would do uh idea boards right or we mm-hmm. would do murals right. or we would do uh do whiteboarding sessions right but we can't do that anymore so if you do the same thing on a slide together in a group setting then that slide's already created and and you know the exactly I think people just I don't. I think hate maybe be a strong word, but every time somebody asks me, like, hey, can you put that idea on a slide?" I just like, like, I just, I just don't want to do it, right? But if, but this process, actually, as you're saying it, as I'm thinking about all the experiments that we've done, if there was just a slide or two slides, which just says situation, action, result, and yes. you know, this is where we, where we ended. No, that's yes. a brilliant idea.
1: Yeah, and I think um, the way we do it a little bit nowadays in uh, our organization is through you can do it in a positive way so you can turn the negatives into positives whereas you can make a, a a marketing award program out of it right and and say we are going to reward great stories it helps people learn how to tell stories so if you're new in marketing and you're trying to to um you know, grow your, you know, have your own self development, what a great way to do that by uh, writing up, here was our problem, here's what we did, here was the team that worked on it, here were the results, here's what didn't go so well. And it makes you put that story together for other people's benefit as well. So it like serves all these purposes, I think, at once. Yeah, brilliant.
0: Just brilliant. Okay, so that was awesome. Thank you for sharing this concept of failing fast and kind of walking us through the mental model because, again, this podcast is very action-oriented. I've been through a lot of podcasts or just listened to a bunch of them which all talk about amazing thought leadership, which is great. And then my wife asks me, what did you learn from that and what do we do with it? And then I'm, I'm just stuck, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yes. so, so so thank you for sharing how you, one can like action failing fast and and then remember it and really learn, learn from it. So let's move to the, to the fun part of this podcast. Uh, who would be two people that you recommend we bring on to the podcast as guests?
1: I love that um, question. And I know you told me to prep for that. Um, and I am your worst student because I didn't prep for it. But if I were going to shoot from the hip, on who I thought would be a great person to bring onto this podcast. I I will say, I actually do think, um, I report to uh, our CMO of our division, his name is Hideo Asaka. And um, I love Hideo because working with him, he tells, he's the best storyteller. He tells such great stories and he weaves fun into all the things that he does. And so I think that he'd be a great guest to sort of talk about how do you motivate through storytelling? And you can do that not only as a leadership trait to your own leaders or your own organization, but you can do it to your clients and prospects. So, you know, story, knowing how to storytell, I think, would be a great topic that he'd be awesome at. i I don't have anybody
0: on the podcast that has yet to speak about motivating through storytelling. Everybody talks about sharing your concept through storytelling or ideas through storytelling, but nobody said, said motivating through storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that would be fantastic. And, and, uh, again, this is not meant to be a quick question, but is there <laughs> anybody else that you admire or respect that's in go to market, um, at the executive level that you recommend we bring onto this, onto the show?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, well, he was the one who actually came top of mind for me at the moment. I can't think of anybody else. Um, I do have mentors definitely from my past who I think would have been great, but they are no longer um, in the business, so probably probably not good prospects for you right, I'll think definitely. on that one a little bit more though, and I'll come back to you afterwards
0: yeah yeah part part of this is the is the reason why we asked this question is because Every person that comes onto the show shapes the show, which is just phenomenally amazing. And I wish people were in in my shoes because you can see how every single podcast and every single person that comes on, you know, like like teaches us something new and teaches us to think a little bit differently. And and we never planned for the show to be like this, but it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I love the concept and and really happy to to be a participant.
0: All right. So if this podcast was a hashtag, what would your hashtag be?
1: Uh, hashtag fail fast.
0: Okay. And we ask this que- that because we just don't know how things go viral today, right? So we want to make sure that that there's, if there is some virality around the, your podcast, we can capture it through your hashtag.
1: Awesome. Appreciate that. I, I can't probably uh, take attribution for the fail fast hashtag because I'm pretty sure it's probably out there. Well, if there was
0: a lead that got
1: generated from this blog post and the and the hashtag
0: did it, you know, there you go.
1: <laughs> awesome. Yep. I'll, I'll take it where I can get it. Thank you.
0: <laughs> All right. So if people really liked your podcast and they wanted to connect with you, how what would be the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Absolutely. Um, just shoot me an email. I'm, I love to network. I participate in a lot of ongoing conversations with, with peers, um, a lot. And I love to to learn from others and hopefully some of the things that I've experienced can, can help, uh, you or other teams. So yeah, my email address, I think you've got it. If it's not on the screen, I'm sure you will provide it at some point. Yeah. Or I can tell you now.
0: If you could tell us now, then everybody who's listening could just go, okay, I sure. Go talk to Shelly.
1: Sure. It's shelly.kalesa, and that one's a one you always have to spell. So it's K U L E S as in Sam, Z as in Zebra, A, at thomsonreuters.com. And that's T H O M S O N dot com.
0: Fantastic. Well, Shelly, thank you so much for taking time with us and coming on the show. I'm sure our audience is going to love this concept because, again, we have never had anybody speak about failing fast. And good luck with the rest of your journey.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us
1: and share these insights with your peers.